everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited today to be talking about our second to last episode of uh, When Hope Calls. Uh, we are talking this episode nine of this first season. And I'm Rachel and Cammie is here. Hey everybody. Happy almost Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we are almost done When Hope Calls season one. Uh, are you really looking forward to this finale coming up? It's gonna, it's, yeesh. <laughs> I, I don't even have the words to quite say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the big thing for, that I saw from the preview is Grace is going to England? What? Right. <laughs> I thought that grandfather was coming over to our side of the pond, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, and we're not talking about we're not talking about an overnight plane trip we're talking about months months by ship and train and oh yeah i mean wow (laughs) we need the hallmark movie about that i mean yeah you could you could very well have a hallmark movie about the journey absolutely (laughs) i think it would be good could have a whole spinoff season (laughs) A spinoff of a spinoff. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> when you know what would be great is if they got uh, in my dream fantasy fanfic that I should write. It would oh, be Grace goes and gets Rosemary to go with her to England. Because <laughs> you know that Rosemary would be all about the trip. Oh, she'd go in a heartbeat. Oh yes, of course. Go in a heartbeat. Yeah. That would be the best thing ever to exist. So, so oh were- <laughs> my gosh, that would be so funny. Someone should write that fanfic. I'll read it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll take a crack at it. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if uh, I'll see if Sarah wants to join me, and we'll yes. take a crack at it. <laughs> yes, I will totally read it. I promise. Uh, well, so this week's episode. What did you think of it overall? What are your thoughts? Overall, I thought it was really sweet. Um, it uh, it wasn't necessarily a nuts and bolts episode, but it was definitely a building episode. You uh-huh. know, it, it's building toward the end, and there there were some really great moments. For instance, Maggie's housewarming party. Yeah, that that was the sweetest thing ever, and you might you might disagree with me a little bit on this, but I thought that this was the first episode where Joe's attraction to Maggie was obvious. Mm-hmm. I I thought that up until now, they've been kind of playing it that it could go either way. They could just be friends and they could be romantic, but I thought that it could be, it could be a perfectly platonic relationship where they were just friends and they were just existing in the same town but this episode i went huh they're they're turning things around a bit because when eleanor tells joe that maggie's moving he panics right he 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 looks totally panicked (laughs) and then when uh 
And then when she tells Eleanor that she's staying for as long as they'll have her, and Eleanor says, well, that would be forever, and gives her a big hug, and Joe's looking all awkward, standing in the corner. I said, okay, okay, they're really, they are rolling with it, definitely now. I saw I saw that that spark that light earlier on in the season between Joe and Maggie, but yeah, it was definitely the most sort of obvious, the most forward of it all. And yeah. I think that Maggie has turned into a really reliable character for your B plot. You know what I mean? Like she's never yeah. the focus of the episode, but she's she's always there to deliver your solid secondary (laughs) part of the episode well and she's just such a great character yeah i really enjoy her adds so much flavor to brookfield something that brookfield as a small town needs and just having her there just spices things up so well yeah yeah it's true i i it was really cute all all the stuff in this episode with maggie and uh getting back to uh, getting back to dear old britain you know all that stuff was (laughs) so cute i even i did i loved her little house it's like that is adorable just i love one room little house yeah 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 i loved the i loved the shot where the camera is focused on the door and Maggie's walking back and forth, back and forth. I thought that was the sweetest, cutest little shot of just her taking the chair from here to there and then walking back and putting the table here. And Oh, there's a knock at the door and open the door. It just seemed, it seemed very theater almost. It seemed, it seemed very theater to me. That is, that's something that I would, do with blocking in a play and i just i thought it was great i thought it was really cool Mm -hmm. it was really cool and i guess as a a confirmed anglophile i you know anything that's sort of british and is is just fun i i really yes i love (laughs) it was so cute and what did you think of the the beginning of the episode we get some major flirting going on oh i okay (laughs) Rachel, I wrote down in my notes, okay? I wrote that in my notes. This is the most flirting that we have ever seen between them. They were downright giddy almost. Like, I would say it's the most flirting that we've seen on anything One Calls the Heart. Like, it was very, because it's always been sort of an under, more of an understated show, except for Rosemary. And, uh, and... (laughs) and uh but yeah lillian and gabe flirting big time gabe saying sometimes the truth will come uh, uh, out you just have to let it come out and so he's sitting there in his uh, rocking chair or in his chair like an old and, grandpa yeah it really was it was so funny I was like, yeah you really- i do I I do have to wonder, did RJ, and I missed the tweet fest because I was at an event, but I want to, I want to tweet RJ and say, did you hurt your ankle or something or what, that yeah. you couldn't walk? It really, it almost had sort of a, uh, like a Clint Eastwood kind of vibe to it. I'm just sitting here <laughs> like a, in, in like Gran Torino or something like, get off my lawn, you know, kind of a thing. Like it, it really, it was really 
funny. I liked it very much. And, and, and then, just but, the, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, because then also it wasn't just them because Grace and Chuck were very flirty too. Yeah, but uh, they've always been more flirty. Uh, <laughs> they've been more flirty than Lillian and Gabe. Yeah, because, well, it was just, it was so cute though. And she's all like, uh, that, she's all talking about benson and he's like oh, oh you got yeah. another man in your well, life I mean, he comes right out and says it he yeah comes right out and says that you got another man in your life and i went whoa <laughs> <laughs> we we've definitely crossed a barrier here Houston. yeah you know? <laughs> yeah i'm like oh are they exclusive and i missed that like he's a his man a man in her life that was really funny and really cute i liked it I could use more flirting in general in my homework. Oh, we got, oh yeah, you got it, got to have the flirting. But what I loved was the banter, the banter between Lillian and Grace. Mountie's work is never finished, barely a moment to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just RJ's face when he says, well, it's an ongoing investigation, but I will say littering is a very serious offense. And just the way he kind of gives her that sidelong look, it was so adorable yeah it was, it was so adorable it was really good and there wasn't as much with sam this episode no uh, he was but briefly. he still had his piece yeah he still had his piece yeah so they i think they i wouldn't be surprised if next week we get a uh a, a full-on kiss from maybe both of these couples you it, think at least so? one of them i think we'll get from one of them at least yeah well, well i mean looking at the looking at the preview lucy the new foreman at the stewart ranch mm-hmm. she comes out and tells chuck that grace is going to england right and then yeah it'll probably be her then and then sends it looks like she sends him to go and catch her if you leave now you might be able to catch her and i just went okay well number one we know that lucy is okay with this and number two it almost seems like she's rooting for it which is something that dear old mom is not going to be very happy about and then i mean i'll i'll come right out and say this because i got a little fooled in the preview for a couple episodes ago when chuck says grace i don't want you to go you know and it turned out to be a misunderstanding and yeah. previews do that previews yeah. do that you know they make a big deal sure. about something that's not a big deal to make you to hook you but uh but i don't know you know chuck is seen getting on his horse and riding off and i just went huh yeah i, I mean that's I, a, that's I wonder a, i yeah. wonder it's a little confusing because in that case in the previous one she was actually considering moving this would just be helping helen uh, and so she's not moving to britain like he doesn't need to storm off and follow her like she's just going right. for a visit basically uh so i wonder i wonder if it's because things are not quite resolved Mm-hmm. you know i won- i'm wondering because they were not resolved when the episode ended he no. was actually really ticked off at her and and yeah. she wasn't she wasn't happy either and so i'm wondering if maybe throughout the episode things are still not going to get resolved and then she's leaving for england and he's thinks oh 
I better get, I better get over there and get after her so that I can tell her I love her before she leaves for months and months. I don't yeah. know. You know? <laughs> It'll be interesting. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So one of the okay. is you have them, uh, you start out with them flirting between Chuck and Grace, and then they go on this. It was so cute. The passes muster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they go on this ride, this horse ride, and uh, they end up at uh, this Ken, Farmer Ken's uh, land. And he, Chuck sees that his horse has colic and knows the treatment that's best for the horse. But he climbs into the 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 pen or whatever with corral corral with the horse and ken farmer ken gets very angry very upset uh with him for trespassing for uh for you know bothering his horse i wanted to know what the heck was his problem what what was ken's problem i don't know so (laughs) there's sort of the two sides of this situation so uh grace is obviously very conflict resistant like yes like any kind of she just immediately just tightens up and Mm -hmm. she's on the side of you were wrong to go and trespass on on the farmer's land and it was going to result in some kind of altercation and she is just she cannot you know handle that whereas from chuck's perspective he's looking out for that animal and he knows the best treatment for the animal and uh he's doing a service not he's doing his job and a job and a service to ken and ken is the one in the wrong for not for not recognizing that and uh and so where do you come out on this situation are you more team chuck or team grace Well, like I said, I want to know what Ken's problem was. I mean, he cannot still be mad at the Stewart family for the whole cattle thing because it was discovered that Daniel was the one stealing the cattle. And I don't know. It just sounded to me that Ken had a stick up his rear. Yeah. And, you know, I just, so I'm more down with Team Ken, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was his problem? Seriously, somebody says, I've got a new and better treatment to get your animal better faster. Oh, I mean, there's got to be the rancher pride in there somewhere. But still, just what was it? He sounded angry that Chuck was even in there. The man's a vet. The man's yeah. a vet. He sees an animal in trouble. What? well and that's why i'm I'm more angry than i'm more angry that with ken than anything (laughs) that's fair but the grace was upset because he went he she felt like he was in the wrong for trespassing on his property but i don't know i feel like i think it's because ken was being so unreasonable that i'm more on team chuck than on team grace i am too it's it's yeah natural for a for a vet to want to look after like i think in the society that they were living in i don't think what he did is unreasonable and uh, i think it's his response ken's response that was unreasonable and i agree and he didn't walk into his house or anything 
Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I feel like the, I don't know. I, I feel like a little bit, it, it shows uh, Grace's insecurities as far as definitely with handling any kind of conflict. And we've seen that coming uh, through the whole season where uh, just anything that sort of uh, comes back to her, her history or anything that feels kind of tense or any kind of conflict, she really struggles with it. Like she's not a, she's not somebody that I would say is very uh, like emotionally resilient uh, or strong in that way. Like she's strong in other ways and she's so sweet and so kind and and that's that's really great but i i think that she i think as somebody who has undergone trauma which she has in her life she's a bit fragile i think on some things and yeah and, i would definitely agree yeah and i uh, i think you can see that here that uh he i don't think what he did was unreasonable uh and i think uh I don't know. I, I, I was kind of like, I don't understand why she's carrying this on to multiple days or multiple hours. You know, it just seems like something that wasn't a big deal. And I, I was kind of like, why is she continuing to kind of think about this? Uh, but in her mind, he was being rude, I guess. I don't know what it was. Interesting. He was being inappropriate. He had crossed a line. Yeah. He had that in in her mind, he had crossed a line and mm. it was interesting because, you know, they're, they arrive back at the orphanage and he offers to put up Benson and she says, no, no, I can do it. And so Chuck knows that she's not over it yet. And you can see that right as he was leaving, he almost turned back. He, mm -hmm. you could almost see his arm turning the reins, but he stopped just short and he kept going and he just i don't know he, I, they do it for they do it for the sake of drama but if this were a real life situation he should have stayed yeah well and <laughs> and yeah it, it's it's an interesting situation but we'll see how it, it kind of plays out i i i know there's a side of me that's like just let it go it's not a big deal like it's over. It's not even your property. It's not yeah, a family it, member of yours. It's not like it was. It, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. But anyway. Well, and then it escalates. Do you yeah. do you want to go? Do you want to go there yeah. now, or do you want to sure. save that for later? Yeah. So she at the at the housewarming party. Uh, she. I mean, at the no, uh, at, at the, the memorial party, memorial party, she gets really mad at him and bring it up again and wants him to apologize and it's like this isn't even your like i feel like it, i feel like saying to grace why are you adopting problems why are you uh, why are you taking on someone else's problems this doesn't have anything really to do with you well and, and it started out it started out as her taking lillian's advice of explaining that that was something that bothered her. So she started out with great intentions. She started out by trying to not just be the stoic, stereotypical female that hides her feelings and then expects the man to read her mind, you know? Uh, and, and yeah, and, and so it started she, out, it started out really great, but then she 
called him arrogant, which is not a very good thing to do when you're trying to patch things up. And she said that she was trying to keep the peace. I don't really see that. And also she's the wrong human being to be keeping peace. Like she's not, she's not, she's just too emotional. I think as a person, I think Lillian would be better at that or someone like maggie that's just a little bit more sort of forthright and uh Let it roll off the duck's yeah, back not so emotional and i don't know it was just a it was just a weird i didn't i, I didn't really agree with grace on this i yeah she can and and she said she was trying to keep the peace but all she was doing was telling chuck he was wrong yeah why should yeah. he apologize <laughs> to grace for wanting to help the the horse i yeah this is about a sick horse can we please move on you know yeah, it was weird it was it was very weird but but anyway so yeah the other major there were two other major plot points going on in the episode uh but one of them was you have this journalist coming into town that's going to be doing a piece on the life and death of matthew stewart so this is tessa's husband so and- uh fun fact um the photographer the guy who plays the photographer he had a he had a small role on a show that was my favorite back in the day it was a it was a show called sue thomas fbi and it was loosely loosely based um on the true story of a deaf fbi consultant who could read lips and so whenever they were doing surveillance they could send in agents without a wire and she could read what was happening. So it made, and uh, apparently she was a very remarkable woman. And so they did this whole uh, TV series that lasted three seasons. And he just had a small part in one episode uh, where he played a plumber. And actually, if you own the app Hallmark Movies Now, which if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go on Hallmark Movies now, and it's under TV series and miniseries. Sue Thomas FBI, as in your eyeball. Sue uh-huh. Thomas FBI. It is, it is the most adorable show ever, and yeah, it's fantastic. Cute. That sounds great. <laughs> Just the way that Chuck is looking after the best help of the horse (laughs) we also need to be looking out for companies that are trying to do good and not just look out for the mighty dollar and so that's why i'm really excited to talk about our sponsor for this episode of the podcast this week we are very lucky to be working with the company thrive cosmetics and that's cosmetics with a -A c-a-u-s-e cause medics and right now you can get 15% off your first order with code hallmarkies at uh, thrivecosmetics.com slash hallmarkies that's t-h-r-i-v-e-c-a-u-s-e-m-e-t-i-c-s.com slash hallmarkies and it's really cool they are a company that really thrives on uh, not only producing a good product, which is very light to the skin, like it feels like you're hardly wearing makeup at all. Uh, it's paraben uh, free and and sulfate free, and it just doesn't even feel like you really have that kind of cakey feel that makeup can do. It feels light, it feels fresh, and uh, I've been really impressed with a brilliant eye brightener uh, that 
because I have so many sleep issues, this is, it makes my face feel more bright and more <laughs> it lives up to the name and i've really enjoyed using it it's it's a really good product plus they give back to causes that help women uh, with each purchase they uh, will give to help women emerge from homelessness survive domestic abuse and and to fight cancer it's also vegan and cruelty free uh, they are certified by leaping bunny and by peta and so it's a, a product that you can use with full confidence and you can have it auto replenished. Uh, so you could just get it whenever you need it on a regular basis, or you can just purchase uh, just one particular product. So it's a really great company. I've been very impressed. And uh, so check it out. It's the thrivecosmetics.com slash hallmarkies. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash hallmarkies, enter code Hallmarkies, 15% off your first purchase. So Lillian is obviously very concerned about this, uh, this article that's going to be coming out. Now that's something actually that you should worry over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, oh, my man in my life is trying to help a horse. Like, is weird. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So Lillian is concerned <laughs> about this because she doesn't want to see her father basically raked over the coals again and his memory sort of besmirched again and well, by association her yes and uh, and so tess says to the reporter says that he was cut down by recklessness and, oh man and so this is tess's perspective because i think this is the only story that she's ever been told about or that she picked up uh, that, I don't, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if she was ever told anything. She was, she just was told that he, that the bridge collapsed and she immediately started blaming uh, Lillian's yeah, cause, father. Cause, so, yeah. Cause Lillian has this report that was done about the, on the uh, accident and, uh, and I'm not sure how widely available that report was, yeah yeah the journalist seems to have read it or be aware of it at least at one point because she tries to give it to him and he's like i already know all of that and and so basically what happened in, in reality with the situation is uh the is matthew tried to put too many cows on the bridge and uh over over it was too much and that's why it ended up collapsing not because of any problem with the actual bridge and uh but the way that it was reported was the uh was that it was a problem with the bridge even though the report said that it wasn't the fault of the bridge it was and shoddy workmanship is what is what was widely known that's what people thought but that wasn't actually that's, what, that's what i'm saying it was it was widely spread i should yeah. say yeah. it was widely spread that it was shoddy workmanship yeah and, and so, i've got the i've got the quote that hank said to lillian about matthew stewart he knew there was a risk and he wanted to be the one to take it that's why he was the last man on the bridge mm -hmm. and just yeah. so he knew he knew that it could very well 
collapse with all those cows on there. And he did it anyway. And so it's his own dang fault that he died. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It's, just... it's true. And Lillian says to the reporter that it doesn't matter what I believe. It's what Tess believes that matters. And so, yeah, Tess is just 100% convinced that it was the fault of this bridge. And so Lillian uh, is trying to build up the case about the about her father and uh she the she talks to this guy hank as you said and uh and she basically he's the only living uh witness i guess of the of the what went down and she living or around present yeah 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 the only one who's living or around right and so she uh talks to him and trying to get him to tell the reporter uh what actually happened uh but he's obviously hesitant to do so because he works for tess so he doesn't want to lose his job but also doesn't want to upset tess and and sort of mar the name of matthew and so it's got kind of two legacies here and uh, plus his personal employment that would be under that would be a problem well and it's really interesting because hank says that he was 17 at the time which can be a bit traumatic for a teenager to witness that kind of tragedy and then it says none of us he says none of us wanted to speak ill of the deceased especially with his widow sitting right there well yeah. that's all well and good but you're going to mar somebody else's name you know right. i mean they say well we didn't want to speak ill of the dead when when his widow was sitting right there oh so you're going to destroy the reputation of this other man yeah. who is still alive and has a family to support oh that's great you know, well that, and that logic made no sense to me well also to you're talking about a very powerful man and a powerful that too yeah yes and and so that's also coming into play where i i don't know if we really know what lillian's dad's position in the town really was uh whether he, not not yet no. yeah we don't know kind of how powerful they were and so yeah it's an interesting situation so hank is trying to decide what he wants to do and the reporter says my job is to tell a good story if you can find something new i'll consider it and so we got some fake news going on here <laughs> oh my gosh well that's not true but turn it's a of, heck of a story turn of the century <laughs> fake news oh going on gosh. here yeah gotta get the story and gotta get the story <laughs> and uh yeah so then you also have gabe in this episode that like we talked about he's he's sitting and watching <laughs> so he basically knows that something's going down he's seeing yeah. it all, and so he sees tess go to uh tess going to the bank and then the banker actually comes out and tells him uh that she just that she and uh 
the other I don't think I don't think he saw her go into the bank. It was just that the banker comes and says that I've got a really I've got the paperwork for a big deal between Tess and Tom Clay. Yeah, the Tom Clay. And uh so he's just kind of watching and uh seeing what is going down, what is happening. And uh yeah, that so- was an awesome shot when uh when tess and ronnie get on their horses and are riding out of town and the camera just pans as gabriel is watching and i thought they would break away with the post right there because it would ruin the shot but they didn't mm-hmm. and they kept going even with the post there and then came out on the other side with him still watching them it was such a cool shot i loved that camera angle it was great yeah it was cool and so tess has sold her land do we is it all her land no it's just just part of it yeah sold some of her land to tom clay uh for cash and uh and then uh, you and she won't tell him why she won't she won't tell him the quote unquote opportunity that she's had. She prefers to keep it private, she says. So. Yeah. And so then we see later on in the episode, we see Gabe and uh, Nathan from When Calls Nathan's the Heart. Back. Yeah. I feel like there must have been a cut scene there somewhere. Because he was it was just kind of there. It was sort of random. Oh no no i i thought the exact same thing and see this is why i watched the episode twice before we do this because i miss so much there is that one scene when uh the telegram uh, the telegraph operator i cannot remember her name was it kim the the woman Uh I, i i can't remember her name now darn it uh but she brings him a telegram she brings gabe a telegram and it's from nate it's uh they don't say it's from nate but the but the language tells you that uh just the vernacular that Mm -hmm. it is from nate because it says he's coming and all of that so yeah first time i watched it i was like wait whoa whoa huh what nathan's Nathan's here out of completely nowhere but then i went back and watched it again i'm like oh there Mm. he is there there's the telegram saying that he's coming i still think there was a scene cut of them interact you know of them that's meeting possible, up or yeah. uh but but yeah that's fair and anyway so yeah it was a pretty small usage of <laughs> of nathan uh in the episode uh yeah. but uh yeah so they are watching and watching everything go down and uh basically you have tess uh with meeting with sinclair because earlier you see sinclair's goon shows up and says there's going to be a meeting and so you have tess and ronnie meeting with sinclair and he's really turning out to be a wuss isn't he <laughs> yeah he, he really is and he says that uh that a wise uh a wise man knows when to cash out that's and, what Tess says. Ronnie doesn't even say that yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. And uh and Tess uh uses the basically the sale of the land to pay off Sinclair. And you know, she says, I want to be done with all this. And he says that may not that he says that may not be possible. It may not happen. You're involved. And so 
we'll uh, see what's going to happen with that coming up. I'm sure in this finale. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the, the issue with the land is resolved because, you know, Mike Sinclair went into all of that. Do you want me to sign something? And she says, Oh, I don't think either of us needs that probably because she doesn't want to leave a paper trail. But then he says that he's going to go after Gage somehow. And that's when she says, Oh, we don't want to be involved with that too late. So I'm wondering what Mike Sinclair has in mind for Gabe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Then the other, the last plot uh, of the episode, like we mentioned, what is about Maggie getting her little house and she's feeling a little homesick and uh, evidently her, her family in England uh, isn't really even there anymore her her mother and father are in australia and so she's kind of one of those people that doesn't really have a homestead to kind of even think about or go back to and and yeah. uh, i can relate to that because my family moved when i was 17 from maryland to california oh, wow. so when i would go home uh, for uh, breaks during college it, it wasn't home it was just to my parents' house. This right. is not where I had, I didn't have any friends there. I never lived there. Uh, it wasn't the same as, as a particular, as a usual person going home for the, or going, uh, you know, so back to their hometown for the holidays. Uh, right. The, so I, I could kind of relate to that feeling of, you know, cause people would ask, well, where are you from? And I, it was always a little bit of a hard question for me because I, I had hadn't been to Maryland in, in a long a long time, and then my parents didn't even live there, and yet that was where I where I went to middle school and high school. So it felt like that was where I was from, but I don't know. I I just I could kind of relate to that feeling of being like I don't know where my where I'm from from if that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and now I mean I basically just say I'm from Utah because I've lived here my basically my whole adult life has been in utah except for when i was on my mission and so even that though my now my parents live in utah but uh but for a long time it was always sort of a complicated question and uh and so i can relate to maggie there and uh they they have this little england housewarming party uh for her and that was really cute i really enjoyed it Well, and the detail that they went into to make it so special for her. I mean, Lillian giving up her tea kettle, which was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then, excuse me, and then uh, Eleanor making those uh, Chelsea buns and trying to get currants from the mercantile and then getting her the wellies that she called them, the rubber boots. It's just, yeah. I mean, that's not just a housewarming party. That was a huge, huge gesture. Right. And I think that it really made Maggie feel like she had found the place that she needs to be. You know, it made her feel like she was home. And because she hadn't had that for a long time between her travels and her parents moving. And all of that, you know, she was feeling really displaced and misplaced. And so mm-hmm. now there are people in this town who are showing her that she matters. And they are showing her that 
they want her there and they love her some more than others maybe and, yeah. <laughs> and so she now knows she now knows that she's important to them and they cared enough to find out things that would mean a lot to her yeah and then they did it you know it's just very sweet yeah it was very very sweet that's a good word for it and <laughs> and so Lillian is left trying to decide what to do because she can kind of tarnish the legacy of Matthew Stewart and to save her dad's legacy uh but uh you know she feels torn about that what's the right what a right dilemma choice? yeah what a dilemma to be in you either save your father's name who died basically because he was without loved ones and he had to keep traveling for work she said she died she said that he died of a heart attack so who knows if all that traveling was really hard on his heart and so she could very easily blame tess for her father's death and so she could either reclaim her father's good name or she can uh not spare the people that matthew stewart left behind yeah that's that's a dilemma that is a huge dilemma yeah and so and hank says i will i will admit the truth i will say it and uh, that's another big thing i mean yeah. you're talking about his whole life he said matthew stewart gave him his first job it looks like he's never worked anywhere else right so for for hank to say this was wrong they were wrong and i'll say so too i thought oh wow that's that's very big of him yeah agreed and so tess gives the speech about her husband and then the uh the reporter comes up and says hey you had new you have a new story new information and hank and lillian uh decide not to change the story and let him post the story and so yeah it'll be interesting to see if the truth and does end up coming out next week or if this is the kind of the end of the end of that part of the story at least or is it going to come out in season two somewhere yeah you don't know you don't know i thought it was very interesting that hank said i think your best story just walked out the door right he's saying you are missing something big time mister by not talking to her it's i thought that was i thought that was really big of hank yeah 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 he's calling out on the fake news so there we go that was the episode i think it was actually a pretty pretty good episode pretty yeah the more we talk about it the more in depth it seemed (laughs) it it was a good episode as far as character growth i learned a lot about the characters and and i always appreciate it especially in a show when they have the trust to have flawed characters because yes human beings are flawed and so even though i thought grace was being dumb i'm glad that they allowed her to be dumb I'm glad that they allowed her to be petty and to not, because that's what makes interesting human beings to talk about. <laughs> no, it because paragons of virtue who always do the right thing are boring. And, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, we want to all be those paragons, but we can't. We're not. Right. So, yeah, it's she can't be perfect in every way. She's already so adorable. She's yeah. got to have some flaws somewhere. 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so very good. Well, we'll look forward to next week. And uh, so thanks so much for talking about this episode with me, Cami. I really appreciate it. And Of course. <laughs> and where can people find you in your blog and your uh, content? So on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Cami Drama Girl, and that's Cami spelled K-A-M-I. On Facebook, I have my Hooked Hardy Facebook page, which is Hardy with an I-E. And then I have my blog, which is hookedhardy.com. Great. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. It's really, really fun. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes and YouTube and on Ron Tomatoes. So take a look at that. I'm doing Disney Scares Month uh, this month. Ooh. I've done for four years. We're talking about <laughs> spooky uh, movies from the House of Mouse. So it's really fun uh, for family movie night. Check that out over there. And we are going to have an incredibly busy week on the podcast this week. Uh, we are doing our Hallmark uh, preview uh, on Wednesday. So definitely look forward to that. We're also going to have our recap of the Good Witch uh, movie. So that's going to be happening. We have our uh, fantasy draft that we do every year with the Bubbly Sesh. Uh, that uh, where we talk about different tropes in Hallmark Christmas movies. That's going to post this week. Uh, we have our interview with Amy Winter from Up TV. That's going to be this week. It is going to be pretty exciting. So you're definitely going to want to be tuned in to the podcast and check out the check out all the fun stuff we have going on. Uh, and so thanks so much, and we will talk to you later. Bye everybody. Bye. I